0: Welcome to the Tangent Podcast. It's good to be back with you. It's been a long time. How you, how you doing, Jack?
1: I'm I'm good. I'm, I'm alright, you know. I'm busy. Yeah? I'm just chilling, though. I'm here. How
0: are you? I'm good. I'm very good. I don't like how it looks frothy at the top. That You gotta mix it up a little bit. We got some beverages today.
1: We always have beverages.
0: We are supporting some local business here. We have gone to... Our local House of Pop. Is that what it's called? Called House of Pop, yep. House of Pop. And we've got a delicious beverage today called the Night Shift Nurse. And we're going to give it a try here. Why don't you take a big old sip of that and let me know what you think.
1: You're going to tell them what it, what's in it?
0: Yeah, there is Mountain Dew, White Monster, Coconut, and Cream. Whoa. Isn't that good? Whoa. It's like surprisingly smooth.
1: That's that's interesting.
0: Isn't it so good though?
1: That is good. Oh, I love it. That's not what I was expecting. I was. love it. Wow, that is really good.
0: What would you rate it out of 10? I'll give it an 8. This is probably my favorite drink I've ever had. I will give it a nine point eight out of ten. Wow,
1: that's the <laughs> highest rating we've ever received. It is here.
0: so good. So, yeah,
1: it said Mountain Dew Monster, two coconut shots and some cream or something like that. Two
0: coconut shots and two cream shots.
1: I don't, I don't really know what kind of cream is it all. It's all cream, cream, just
0: regular cream.
1: I don't know what that means, but okay. Heavy whipping cream,
0: cows' cream,
1: yogurt cream cream cheese yogurt cream i'm sure
0: it's a thing (laughs) why don't you guys let us know if yogurt cream is a thing
1: (laughs) toe cream
0: Hmm. face cream
1: that's not a thing that's for sure not one
0: football cream break me off a piece of that football cream you never seen that episode of the office
1: is that what he says yeah. Oh, I I don't I mean I've seen it. I just I didn't recognize that <laughs> specific one.
0: Break me off piece of that fancy feast. It's cat food.
1: I I know Fancy Feast. I don't know what football cream is.
0: <laughs> well, moving on. This beverage is delicious and we've it's got huge. I know it is big. Oh, so good. Well, we got some space news coming at you today. Pretty cool. NASA, well, I guess SpaceX. Are they the same thing? No, they're not the same thing. No. SpaceX is independent of NASA or are they like
1: I think they work together, okay. but they're they're completely different.
0: Okay, that's what I thought. So, SpaceX has launched the Crew Dragon sick name into outer space, which marks the first space launch of astronauts from the u.s i think since 2011
1: it's been over i think it's been a decade has what it They said okay the first u.s launch in a decade it's either
0: something. 2011 or like 11 years or something i remember there being an 11 in there hmm.
1: it's probably the 2011
0: but yeah so they launched the crew dragon which is really cool And they're going to go up to the ISS, and from what I've gleaned, they're trying to potentially kind of make a base or, like, a stopping point between here and Mars. So this is kind of a precursor to...
1: At the ISS?
0: Yeah. I've heard multiple things. I've heard at the ISS, at the moon. The moon? Yeah. I think that one's a longer shot than the ISS. but
1: The coolest thing I thought about this whole launch thing, I watched the live stream, and it was awesome seeing the, the rockets come back down and land so that they can be reused and whatnot. Mm-hmm. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, they said next year, supposedly in February, will be the first rocket launch using recycled rockets and boosters and stuff, which is really cool.
1: That's not cheap to build. So no.
0: <laughs> well, think of how much fuel. Like, I wonder how much money they pump into just the fuel. A lot. Like, I've heard reports of it being like over a million dollars of fuel. But
1: I'm sure it's more than that.
0: Let me look it up real quick. I kind of want to look it up. So, five hundred million to launch each time. It's a lot. Let's see. So it only it only costs about a. Uh sixty million this time. It's oh. Significantly cheaper. Only a, a cool sixty that's chump change, man. Chump change. Yeah. But think of how many more rockets we can build with that savings now. Six. Yes. Yes.
1: I just said a random number. I don't even know.
0: Cool. Well, it's cool there are astronauts in space again. And
1: so here's my question though. What do you do at the international space station?
0: I don't know. I'm sure they monitor things and Like what? Observe phenomena and monitor phenomena?
1: <laughs> just look out the window and go, "Hmm. That's space." They'll write it down and dude, space freaking scares me, man. Oh, absolutely. I, I just don't I just don't know what you there is to do. I mean, I'm guessing a lot of research has done up there could also be done on earth.
0: Mm, yeah. I mean, I would assume that a lot of research with observing things like light and
1: zero grav.
0: Yeah. Well, specifically things like light and observing things in the universe could be potentially skewed by the atmosphere and how light travels. I don't know, maybe, but, um, I'm sure they're always observing things around them and, I, the two things that scare me the most are space and open water. Open water freaks me out. I'm not a big fan of water. Yeah. But space is freaky. Dude, have you watched any of the UFO uh, videos that the government came out and said were real?
1: I think so. I saw like one
0: or two Those clips. Those are weird too, man. Yeah. Like, Those things are moving quick. Yeah. Super quick. That like tic-tac shaped one that they estimate was going like 2,000 miles an hour. It's ridiculous. But, yeah, cool space news. We've got astronauts up there again. Yay! <laughs> Once Jack and I join the Space Force, we'll be up there.
1: We'll be podcasting Commanders. from Mars next time you hear us. Yes. Maybe not next time, but a few times from now. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, you got an encounter I for I do, us?
1: I do. Sorry, I forgot about that. Um, we have a user encounter and this one, just by the title, I'm kind of I'm kind of like, hmm, that's weird. It is titled 911 Call from Eternity. Ooh, it's a little interesting. Now, now let me let me read you the story, all right? It says, and I quote, Around 2009, me and another fellow were working the graveyard shift at the Veteran Affairs Hospital in Topeka as Veteran Affairs Police. At approximately 11 p.m., we got a call from Topeka PD Dispatch. The dispatch said that they received a 911 call from a house in the VA's government housing area. The house they said the call came from had been empty for several years. Myself and my partner went to the house in question and checked every room. No one was in the house and it was empty. I contacted TPD Dispatch and informed them that we had cleared the house and verified the 911 call had come from a phone in the house. The interesting aspect of the situation is that a young man, who was the son of the VA's chief of surgery, had died in the basement of the house around 1989. I know that because I had been dispatched to the house and had observed his contorted limbs in an advanced state of rigor mortis lying in his bed he had obviously died in his sleep maybe he woke up in 2009 and his spirit found himself in the basement of the empty house and in a panic called 911 who knows wow so they got a 911 call from a house that had been abandoned for years
0: but the phone was still working that's the weird thing. I don't know. Like...
1: They said, it says here, we verified that the 911 call had come from this house. Hmm. But Creepy. Yeah. So apparently he thinks it was this guy who had died in the basement of this house. Yeah, that is weird. There's power and a phone line running to this house
0: that has been vacant for that long. If it's a ghost, maybe power and a phone line don't really matter at that maybe point. Maybe they just
1: scoop <laughs> and this has got power.
0: That's a creepy story. And yeah. thank you for sharing, anonymous user. Davin. Oh, it's Davin? Davin. Davin. Thank that's, you. What, that's what it says. Well, thank you. And again, let us know your stories, and we will share them on the podcast. Please include your name when you send them in if you'd like us to use your name. If not, just send it anonymously. We can read them anonymously, too. That's true. So thanks, Davin. It's a cool name. Yeah. Davin.
1: I've never heard that name before. I like that.
0: David. How's it spelled? D A V E N. Oh, David. Hmm. Cool. Well, yeah, that's that's freaky interesting encounter. I say a lot like when the paranormal mixes with the physical, like a ghost using a phone, like that freaks me out.
1: Yeah, so I'm I'm curious as to what they heard when they answered that call. Right. It just says they received a 911 call from this house. Don't they usually record 911 calls too? I mean, this was 2009, so I don't know if they did as well back then. I'm sure they did, but. Yeah. Maybe it... it was just empty static kind of thing and they traced it.
0: Yeah. So, kind of off on a tangent about that, I am listening to some other podcasts right now from like back in 2010, and they're talking about like some of the technology that was available at the time. Mm hmm. And, like, I think back and I'm, like, 2010, I feel like that was, like, the dark age. Like, we had nothing. But then I'm, like, we had iPhones, we had Xboxes, like, we had everything back then. Like, but it's funny how you look back and you're, like, yeah, back then they probably, like, didn't have this or, like, it was so boring. We had nothing back then. Like, it's just kind of funny.
1: I mean, technology grows exponentially, dude. Each year it gets crazier and crazier, so... I don't know. That's a good question, though.
0: Yeah. Thanks for the encounter. Um, we've got some interesting stories today. We have a couple of...
1: Murder uh, mysteries? Yeah.
0: Murder mysteries. Good word. Uh, am I going first? Do you want to go first? You tell me. Uh, we'll, we'll go off with this one first. Mine. Okay. So, there is a missing case of a girl named Caitlin Aikens, uh, from Virginia. Well, she was living in Arizona at this time, but... She was, I believe, nineteen years old at the time and was living in Arizona with her fiance named Amber and flew out to Virginia to see her family because her sister had a baby, so she flew out there to go see the baby. Go see the little little nephew. Yeah. Little nephew baby. The, the little tyke. And so she flies out to Virginia, spends some time with her family, and she stays at her mom's her mom Lisa's house and then on December fifth, she was supposed to fly back home to Arizona. Had her flight booked and everything, and her mom had to work, couldn't get out of it. So, as kind of a last resort, ended up asking her ex husband, who was uh, Caitlin's stepdad, so not her biological dad, but her ex stepdad, I guess, oh, wow, to that's... drive <laughs> to drive her to the airport. Um, she just couldn't find any other options and. So he agrees, and said uh, they claim that he was excited to see them, and you know was was happy that they were coming over and so Lisa just dropped Caitlin off at his house and um didn't think anything more of it 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 there was some some background I found saying that apparently, according to some of Caitlin's friends, she didn't trust her stepdad, whose name is James uh, I guess she was pretty nervous around him and growing up, like he was the one who raised her pretty much with, with her mom. So apparently he was abusive. They, they never corroborated if he was physically abusive, but definitely verbally abusive. So she always felt nervous around him and didn't quite trust him. Also just being a stepdad, I feel like, you know, I I can't speak for all stepkids, but it seems that the interactions I've seen a lot of, there's just a slight disconnect sometimes between.
1: Yeah. You just don't have that same connection, I guess. Right. It's hard to get that filled i don't know i I'm, I'm not a stepchild so i can't say
0: neither am i but uh it seems like that was the case here there was just a disconnect and a lack of trust and and fidelity there between the two so um so james agrees to take her to the airport and actually what happens is he takes her to a mall that was next to a metro station and she but we don't gonna... know that yet right no we well so he agrees to take her to the airport that's right so sorry yeah he he agrees to take her to the airport once he drops her off he texts lisa and says hey i dropped her off and she's like oh hey thank you and they just have some small talk how was the traffic oh it was fine like things were fine um and so this was about this was december 5th so it was in the it was a saturday and it was in the morning that he agreed to take her. And the reason that he had to take her in the morning was, I believe he had to go to work or he had a commitment. So he was taking her early in the day, but her flight wasn't actually until about five forty that night. Um, and so, um, so yeah, he had to be at work at like three. And so he was just going to drop her off a little bit earlier, like late morning time. Um, <clears throat> so then at one fifty-two in the afternoon, uh, Lisa's ex-husband said that Caitlin has to be dropped off at the Springfield metro station, which was two stops from the airport. And uh, this came out as pretty odd when they found this out. Like, why would she want to go to the mall? Well,
1: earlier didn't um, her her girlfriend, fiance, whatever, Amber, Mm -hmm. she got a text from her that same night, I think, that she was supposed to be dropped off that said something came up. Or something like that. Didn't she say that?
0: Right. So this was... Yeah. So Was that that same um, night or was that
1: a different night?
0: So yeah. So at one fifty-two in the afternoon, Lisa finds out that, that James dropped her off at the Metro. Mm. Um, okay. So this is all they know up to this point is that now uh, they find out that she's been dropped off at the Metro. Lisa thinks it's really odd because she's never been on the Metro before. She... You know, like she doesn't really know why she'd request to do that um mm-hmm. but like she just kind of thought it was weird and didn't think much more of it, but um <clears throat> at two p m so this was eight minutes after uh James texts Lisa saying he dropped her off, so at two p m uh Lisa receives a message from from Caitlin's phone, and the message says, "I'm at the airport, battery dying, so won't be able to text for a bit." And then later, Lisa learns that Caitlin had sent Amber, her fiancé in Arizona, a message earlier that morning at 11.56 that said, Something came up. I'm not coming back today. I'll let you know when I get a new flight. I won't be able to text for a bit. Okay. Pretty cryptic.
1: Yeah, it's like, like you'd think you'd tell your fiancé a little bit more. Like, say, hey, this is what's happening.
0: Right. Or try to call, you know. Oh, yeah. Like, or, yeah, try and call. Like, just thinking of it right right now, like, I remember... I was coming home from a flight one time and my flight got, I had two connecting flights. So I was flying from DC to Denver. My flight in DC got delayed and I only had like 30 minutes between my flights in Denver to get on my flight. So my flight in DC was delayed by like two hours and I wasn't going to make my flight in Denver, which, and that was the last flight of the night. So I would have had to, like I had to stay in Denver for a night. So I can't imagine like just texting my wife and being like, Hey, Something came I'm up. I'm going to stay in Denver for the night. Tonight. Like, peace out, you know? Like, I would definitely call at that point. Yeah. So that alone, just the fact that she texted saying, hey, I'm not flying home today. Like, that to me comes off as very suspicious. Already, yeah. Already. Just the fact that it's a text and not a call. Um. So then Lisa says, I got nervous when Amber had texted or messaged me saying that Caitlin wasn't coming home. She needed a new flight. Something was wrong with her flight. And I was like, what What do you mean? She said she was there. Um, <clears throat> and so then 7.15 p.m., so a few hours later that evening, um, this was two hours after her flight was supposed to take off, about okay. two hours after. There was one last text that Caitlin sent to her mother, and it was a pretty simple message, but it just said, I'm staying with a friend. I need some time alone. So... No mention of who the friend is, just all of a sudden, hey. Which is weird to me that she would text her mom that and not Amber, because she's leaving her mom's house. Yeah,
1: so her mom is already expecting her to be gone, kind of thing, but
0: Amber's the one expecting her to
1: show up, so why would you tell the mother?
0: Right, and I don't know if she texted Amber that either, but... Um, she had already told Amber, hey, I'm not coming home today. It's weird. So it's weird that she would text her mom, yeah, who's not expecting her to come back that night and say, hey, I just need some time alone. Leave mm-hmm. me alone. Um, so then Lisa comes out, and this is a quote, just says, it didn't sound right, it didn't look right because it was two messages, said Lisa, and she doesn't do that. She'll wait for you to respond, and then she'll send another one. It wasn't her style. So according to Lisa and a bunch of her f- you know, her friends, they interviewed a bunch of her friends during this time after she disappeared and, and family members. And they all said that this behavior of her texting like this was very different from the norm for her. Like she was usually very open with her communication. She was pretty like good about giving details and calling and telling you where she was at mm-hmm. and things like that. So this was all very strange. All of a sudden she just drops off the face of a cliff and no, does, no one knows where she's at. Um, so then two days after she disappears, uh, one of her carry on suitcases is found in the woods, almost 50 miles away, like just off of a pretty small rural road. Uh, and then, um, so this is, this is a big find. Uh, they don't find the body. They just find this piece of luggage. Um, it's like in a ditch, isn't it? Yeah. It's like in a ditch off the side of a road. Um, and that's the last, that's the last thing they found that, it It had her credit card.
1: It didn't have her phone, but it had her phone charger.
0: Yeah, I think... Yeah, charger, credit cards. I think there were just some, like... Clothes. Yeah, clothes and basic, like, makeup and things like that. Oh, and
1: her plane tickets were in there, too. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, they know she never got on the plane. They can corroborate that with the airline as well, saying she never got on. Um, And, you know, after that, no one was ever able to get a hold of her by phone. Um, And... So they, they could call the phone for a little bit after that and try reaching her, but she never answered. And then the phone one day just stopped working. I'm guessing it just died or it was destroyed. Something to that effect. But uh, So I don't know if... Did you see anything about them
1: finding the cell towers that they use text or whatever?
0: So I've seen... Yeah, I've seen uh, that there's like according to what the story is from James and according to where their cell phones were pinged at is really different. So, um, like
1: when the text that said, okay, I dropped her off. It was the tower that was used to send. It was right next to his house.
0: Right. Not
1: near the airport.
0: Right. And I mean, if he went to the airport and came back came back that, and
1: then sent it or something, I guess that's an option, but yeah.
0: So there, there's a lot of fishy details there. So at one fifty six PM on the day that she disappeared, Lisa got that text that said that Caitlin's battery was dying. She's at the airport and she won't be able to text. So then at that exact time at one fifty six the police say that Caitlin's phone actually pinged on off a tower. That was more than 30 miles from the Metro stop where she was supposedly dropped off. Um, they didn't. I didn't see anything where they mentioned if that was close to James's house or not. But it was just thirty miles away from where she was supposed to be. And then, um, so right when when Lisa's ex husband James at, messaged her at two saying he dropped Caitlin off, the police found that his phone pinged. Yeah, like you said, close to his home, and they just say it was nowhere near the airport. They don't say if that was thirty miles away or in mm-hmm. what direction. And then um, they say that caitlin's final text of saying that she wanted to be left alone pings off of a cell tower that's in the city of stafford and it's just, it's less than 15 miles away from where her luggage was found which means a minimum it's about 30 miles away from the airport if it's 15 miles closer right from where she was found or 60 miles away if it's 15 miles further out
1: and as far as i can tell they never found a body
0: no they haven't found a body yet they, still and this was what 2015 right? yeah so it's been five years roughly um four and a half years it was in december but they did say that the luggage appeared to be thrown out of the car like thrown out of a window of a moving Love car moving. Yeah. um it wasn't just placed neatly in the, in the ditch um but yeah it's a pretty it's pretty crazy crazy disappearance it's sad that nothing else has been discovered but um the fact that you know, the cell phone pings are different and that her luggage was found and that there's all these weird texts to me. It just doesn't seem like she did it willingly. Like, I don't know. It's
1: so, so get this looking at a few things. Um, it says after this, after they discovered Atkins never made it to the Springfield mall or in the Metro, uh, they focused their attention on James, but, uh, because he was, you know, obviously, Probably the closest thing to a suspect. And he refused to cooperate with police. Which is... You know, that's... a That's
0: it's fishy. That's fishy
1: right there. He said he would not give them the password to his encrypted cell phone and refused to take a polygraph test. But then... Um, when did this happen? What month? December. What? Day? 5th was the day December she disappeared. 5th. So on December 29th... So a month later ish, he said I will take a he said I will take a polygraph test to clear my name. But after he talked to a lawyer, he changed his mind and didn't end up taking the polygraph test.
0: See, the more that I like listen to true crime stuff and people talking about polygraph tests, that I can actually see. Like I've heard a lot of lawyers say like, hey, it won't help you and the readings aren't a hundred percent like right. it's not a science. And so, if you get a false reading and people start to just, like, that can ruin your life, you know? Like,
1: Yeah, it said said when they asked him why he changed his mind, it said, it's not going to help me, so there's no point in doing it.
0: So, giving him the benefit of the doubt, I'll say, if I were in that same situation, I don't know, like, I can't say 100%, but I have heard so many people say, like, if you ever get asked to take a polygraph test, don't do it. Like, even if you're innocent, don't do it. I don't know what I'd do in that situation, but... I can see why he didn't take it, you know.
1: And then, okay. but it is—it still is fishy. Sorry. The mother asked him a full year later, December of 2016. She said, uh, "I'd ask if he'd go and take the polygraph test and start talking now. He still refuses." Um, says, but it says detectives did get a search warrant for Brandon's house and property they took a number of guns electronics a sample of his DNA but nothing led them to Atkins 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 I don't know oddly Branton never asked to get any of his possessions back
0: Yeah it's uh, the, uh they've gotten the search warrants but they say that they've never been able to look at the, like the messages on his phone or the pictures he's never given up the unlock code to his phone and so they're unable still to get access to that information. And who knows if he killed her and he's got pictures or he communicated with anybody about it, locations on anything. Um,
1: but why, why is he refusing to cooperate or giving his phone if he's innocent?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, obviously the two main theories are that he killed her and that he's not cooperating for that reason. And then also that she ran away and just kind of in like an, Oh crap moment. He was, trying to make up a story of maybe he's
1: just like anything I say, like, even though it wasn't me, anything I say will just put me deeper in the rabbit hole kind of thing. After you talk to a lawyer.
0: Yeah. I I don't know. So yeah, those are the two main theories. She ran away and he was just, didn't really know what was going on or he was just trying to cover it up for her. Like maybe she went to him and said like, Hey, I'm going to run away. Just tell my mom, you dropped me off at the airport. And, Something like that, you know, I don't know, or that he killed her. So personally for me, it's, there's, there's too much fishy stuff to think that she just ran away. Like if she ran away, why would she huck her suitcase in a ditch or,
1: um, apparently she thought she cheated on her, on Amber. Did you see anything about that? Mm-mm. So,
0: Amber thought she cheated.
1: Yeah. No, no. Caitlin thought she cheated on her because, um. Uh, oh wait. Caitlin was... spent her last night in Virginia partying with a friend from high school, and then and then a, the friend's boyfriend, Atkins, later told her friend, Kevin Eastridge, that the three of them had been drinking and things had gotten out of hand. It's kind of hard thing to describe, really, Eastridge said. From what she told me, they were all drinking together and they proceeded to do, how how do you phrase it, I guess they kind of forced themselves onto her.
0: That's right. I remember reading about that vaguely, but I didn't have the details Backen on it. Akin spent the next morning
1: racked with guilt because she thought she cheated on her fiancé, according to Eastridge. <laughs> so... I don't know how to feel or anything. I've just been depressed and crying all day. She she texts that to Eastridge, which was an old friend of hers. Right. Um, So people are saying that maybe the guilt and shame of that happening just made her so, you know, she's so guilt Written, She's like, I don't deserve to be with Amber anymore kind of thing and just left maybe that's why she didn't call her she felt too guilty
0: maybe yeah it was an awkward situation and yeah i mean
1: and just ended up running i mean that's kind of i mean that's kind of drastic if you ask me
0: yeah but it holds more weight than her just running away for nothing you know right. like at least there's a reason now that that she would um and i mean corroborated by real events that happened you know that that's something that actually happened and there's so much speculation in this case that you have to take the real events with a lot of severity speculation and, and yeah. And I mean, personally for me, I, it's hard, hard for me to, to think that, that she would jeopardize everything over just that and if she did that like why hasn't she come out again when she realized like oh crap i put my stepfather in a ton of hot water like what if <laughs> yeah. he gets charged for my murder or kidnapping or something and like i'm still alive and i never told anyone you know that's a good point I didn't so why so. hasn't she come out and like tried to clear it up Maybe. So. i don't know
1: Maybe she fled the country and hasn't looked at the internet since.
0: (laughs) She's living off the grid, huh? Yeah. I don't know. But to me... Those are
1: both equally as possible to me. Right. Oh, yeah. But I don't know if there's... I think those are the only two options. There's no other logical explanation for...
0: Yeah. So what's the most plausible for you, then? Either that she was murdered by her stepfather or that she ran away. What do you think?
1: (sighs) You know, if... It's the luggage... If they didn't find her luggage, I would have said she ran away for guilt-ridden stuff. But since they found her luggage, why would you get rid of, like, your clothes and your credit cards and your phone charger and stuff like that? Like, you still need that, even if you're guilt-ridden running away. Yeah. You still need clothes, and you still need your phone charger kind of thing. I don't know. But... (sighs) That's that's what's get me keeping me from saying it's definitely she ran away kind of thing because in my mind if I was running away I'd keep all my stuff with me <laughs> if I had a suitcase full of stuff right saying I'm running away well I've already got a bag packed pack
0: sweet <laughs> so the only thing I've heard to play devil's advocate to your theory mm-hmm. is that uh If she ran away, because she was dropped off at her stepfather's house. So she ran away. She had some type of interaction with him before she did. Mm -hmm. Uh, So either it was a bad interaction and they had a fight or something and she ran away. Like that put her over the edge, you know, of all this stress that she's had and she ran away. And then maybe she just left her stuff there. And in that kind of what do I do moment, he's just like, I'm just going to ditch this luggage somewhere. Like maybe. Okay. Here's another thing, though. Maybe he helped her run
1: away. Hmm. Maybe she was like, hey, this is what happened. Yeah. I feel terrible. I'm leaving. And he's like, all right, I'll help you, kind of thing. And took her somewhere else, told the mother, this is, I took her to the airport, but actually didn't. He tossed the stuff for her. And that's why he's not cooperating, is because he t- told her that he could trust her and help her or something like that.
0: Maybe. But yeah. I, I hadn't thought of that. That's an interesting theory. Um, do you think that he would keep up the ruse enough to like yeah, that's go a to question. prison over it though? Like
1: I mean he's he's not convicted of anything. He's not even a suspect true. at this point, I don't think.
0: Well, I I'm sure he's a suspect, but he's not like they don't have anything against activated. him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously he's like the number one person of interest if he's not a quote-unquote suspect so maybe he
1: talked to his lawyer told the lawyer everything and lawyer was like yeah just stay quiet yeah
0: maybe i don't know i mean it's it's a sad story uh she's 19 she's young you know she's so young how, how old is she now 24 24 yeah 23 24 and it's sad like yeah her life is you know if she's alive like What kind of life is she living now? You know, it's sad to think that such a young life with so much potential. Like, she she had family. She had a relationship. She had friends. Just hadn't got a new nephew. Yeah, right. Like, she had... And she was just going to start cosmetology school, like, a few months after this, too. She was about to get married. Yeah. There was so much going for her. And, like, that's the reason for me that it's like, why would she run away? Uh, You know? I don't... Like...
1: (sighs) yeah. I don't know. All I can say is I hope she's still alive, but Yeah. I can't say for anything for certain.
0: Yeah. If you have any details or theories on the case, uh let us know and you know, I like to we like to keep an eye on these these missing persons cases and if there's ever an update, you know, we'll we'll come on and and tell you some more about it. But as of right now, that luggage is the last thing they found and they don't really have much more to go off of. So um Just keeping these cases in the public eye and getting them out into, you know, as as common knowledge and some more people know about them is the best thing that we can do at this point to help the investigation. So that's the case of Caitlin Aikens. It is indeed. And now ad break. All right. Well, what do you got for us, Jack?
1: What do I got for you? We're talking. We're talking about the old mystery of who put Bella in the witch elm, and surprisingly, witch is not spelt witch. It is W Y C H. Ah, apparently, a kind of tree. It's called the witch elm. Um, and this particular story took place in the in the great year of nineteen
0: forty-three. Uh, so I was. Only about 12 years old. Wow, you are 80... 79 years old? Uh, 60. Wow, you have aged gracefully, my friend. Thank you. You look great for your age. Thank you.
1: I uh, exfoliate and moisturize. (laughs) Um, anyway. So, in April of 1943, there were a group of four boys in, um... Stewart, Stewart Bridge, Tennessee. I think. No, this isn't Tennessee. This. Is
0: Tennessee. <laughs> I was this is gonna say, is this in England? This is in
1: England. I was thinking of a different witch story. Not that kind of witch. Uh this is in West Midlands or Storebridge. I don't know. If, I don't know Europe. One of those. It. it, it
0: it's, it's like West Midlands, Storebridge, Gloucester. Westminster, London, England. Sure. Something like that. Let's
1: go with that. Um, But it's a place called Hagley Woods. uh, And this was a town in the area of West Midlands. Uh, And they were just, you know, they were four young boys. They were just, you know, wanting to explore and do their thing. So they uh, were technically trespassing on this area. But what they were doing at this specific time where they were trying to find bird's nests. I don't know why. Uh, but they, that's what they were looking for. Um, so one of, they came across a very large witch elm tree and decided, hey, we're going to climb that and find some, some nests up there. And so one kid climbs it, and he looks down into the tree, which is apparently hollow-ish, and he sees a skull. So he's like, oh, that's neat. I wonder what kind of animal that is. So he picks it up, pulls it out, turns out it's a human skull. And it still has, like, patches of skin and hair connected to it and stuff like that. So he freaks out, drops it back in there, they climb down, and they all go, All right, we're technically on this land illegally, so let's not tell anyone, or we'll get in trouble, kind of thing. Well, How old
0: were these kids?
1: I don't know, it just says young boys. I'm guessing, like, 12 or 14 or something like that. Anyway... One of them went back on their promise and told their parents because he's a snitch snitches get stitches, as you know,
0: oh I know
1: yeah you'll you'll remember next time anyway um and so they tell um they tell the kids well, the kid tells his parents, and the parents immediately tell. The local law enforcement. And they come and take a look. And, um... They dig further into the tree. And they pulled out an entire skeleton. Minus one hand. Hmm. We got the whole skeleton except for that one hand. Uh, They also discovered a wedding ring. One shoe. And remnants of cloth in the skull's mouth. Um... They later dug around the base of the tree and found the other hand, which is a little weird. It's further away at the base of the tree instead of inside the tree, like with her. Uh, But a forensic examination by a local professor showed that the skeleton was female and about 35 years old. And she had apparently been dead for
0: 18 months. If you're interested... I have a picture of a recreation of her face that forensic scientists did. Oh, yeah? You ready for this? I'm, I'm ready. Boom.
1: <laughs> Ew! What the heck is that?
0: That's an English person, my friend.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: <laughs> it's unsettling, to say the least.
1: It's a, Yeah, that's a good word for it. Ugh. Anyway, uh, um... Yeah, so it had been that she had been dead for 18 months already, so she'd been in this tree for a year and a half. Um and so and he also said that the body would not have fit into the tree once rigor mortis had set in. So that she had either been alive when she was put in there, or she was put in there very shortly after death. Um. And since there was cloth in her mouth there was a strong possibility that the unknown woman had died from asphyxiation because you know something in her mouth. I don't know. Maybe she was gagged or something. Who knows? Who so knows?
0: well, from reports that I read, the cloth in her mouth was what she was wearing when she died.
1: Oh really? Yes. Yeah, it
0: says the cloth in her mouth was taffeta. That's what I remember. That weird jumpsuit thing I showed uh, you earlier. I don't, I don't like that's, that. thing. That's that cloth. Okay. So... I think it's what they like. What you wear, like under your skirt, if you're a woman, like that. Oh, okay. Like, material you wear between your skirt and your body.
1: Your body. Anyway, um, so this was during, or really close to the war, or whatever, and a flurry of movement within England. So they did not have a high likelihood of identifying the body and all that they didn't think it was going to happen but uh the, so they had no idea if it was a local woman or if someone just passing through or what happened there but and apparently at that time the missing women of that around there was just a, an astronomically high number so uh but they they you know did their investigation. And found that... Well, there's actually a lot of different speculation. Someone, so, A lot of people think that someone killed her because she was a spy working for the other side or whatever. Um, some people think that she just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Happened to see something related to the war that she wasn't supposed to see or something like that. But nobody really knows. Um then the fact that her hand was missing, people think that it was part of a a sacrifice because uh, during that time around the area, there was a cult that um, believed in the hand of glory, where they would take they would cut off the hand and then execute that criminal, a criminal, and they'd use the hand for I have no idea cult purposes and it would be. Give them magical powers or something. But the fact that they found the hand kind of negates that a little bit. But so where where it gets a little weird is, so this was in April, starting in December, uh, graffiti started popping up throughout that area, uh, cl- mostly near the body. And they would say things like, who put Lou Bella down the witch elm? And so they're like, oh, is that her name? And they looked up the name Lou Bella, which was pretty unusual. Um, But it led nowhere. They didn't know anyone that was missing named Lou Bella. And then there was more added to the stone monument right next to the site. And it said, who put Bella in the witch elm? And that just kept popping up all over the place. That it was just graffitied there. And everyone thinks that it was the person who did it trying to gain more attention. You know, you know the psychopath mindset. Mm-hmm. He, they want to be noticed and whatnot. It was probably dying down a little bit. And so he's like, oh, let's spice this up and start graffiting it all over the place. Um, but searches throughout the local area said nobody named Bella or Lou Bella was missing in the area. And... But... That's I mean honestly there's not much more to it. It became a urban legend around the place and that's pretty much it. No one ever found out who did it, why they did it, who it even was, but somebody put her into a tree and let her die, cut off her hand.
0: So one of the going along with the whole witchcraft thing, apparently in the area at the time there was a lot of Black magic going on. Apparently Hagley Wood was an area that was home to a lot of Satanism and devil worship. And,
1: Probably those cults that I was talking about earlier.
0: Right, so uh, kind of what you were saying with the hand, they would do the hand of glory thing. And then apparently the name Bella is also uh, significant because there was a plant that was called Belladonna that was like a deadly nightshade plant oh, really? and that was commonly used in witchcraft and then um the witch elm tree itself apparently has some meaning in the history of black arts and black magic so
1: so what, what do people think she was a witch then
0: that's that's one theory is that uh, apparently her left hand or arm or whatever it was that was cut off was uh-huh. found 13 paces away which was a sign of like executing a witch at like back in the day mm. of Uh, executing them. So that's one theory. And then um, the name Bella could derive from Belladonna used in dark arts. Um, But also in the area, this was uh, like a couple years later. So this happened in 43, right? Yeah. So in 1945, uh, there was a man, this was what really kind of cranked up the theory of like Satanism and black black magic and stuff was there was a man named charles walton that was found murdered on meon hill that was fairly close get this he was found skewered to the ground by a pitchfork wow and they like a lot of the locals believed it was satanism but when they were questioned by the police like no one ever said it like no one really ever gave any details or said anything about it um so they think that Devil worship is definitely evolved. There's one investigator that said he believes that the devil worship theories were smoke screens spawned by MI5 to cover up something else.
1: So, like what I was saying earlier with the uh, she was a spy or saw something military-wise that wasn't supposed to be seen. Yeah, it's a weird way to execute someone if you're the, you're the government, though.
0: Right, right. And um, so... There was a man named uh, Peter Simmel who was investigating um, this disappearance. And he believes that she's actually a Nazi spy. So um, he claims that it is Czech-born Gestapo agent Joseph Erlesi. So Czech-born Gestapo I'm getting my details mixed up here. So Clara Bowley is apparently the um, the lady. It was Czech-born Gestapo agent Joseph Jacobs that gave them that information. So uh, apparently she was a Nazi spy, and she had spent two years working in the area in West Midlands, like mastering the culture and getting a really good accent and just kind of assimilating herself into the city. <laughs> and she'd been recruited by Jacobs and wanted to create, they wanted to create like a spy cell network in the area and uh, never really came to fruition, but she was an actress and a singer in Germany. So she was pretty famous and she, they just said she disappeared. Like no one ever knew what happened to her. Weird. She's kind of disappeared. So that's one theory is that she is a German spy who was posing as a music teacher in the area while trying to create a, Spy cell network, hmm. with the Gestapo.
1: So that's an interesting theory. Um, just for a frame of reference, uh, I found out this is about twenty miles away from Birmingham, England. I don't know if you know where that is. Birmingham. Uh, it's it's like almost a hundred miles, seventy five miles south of Manchester.
0: See, I still don't
1: know where you're talking. About. Okay, it's it's northwest, hundred miles from London. Okay, it's in the United Kingdom. That's, that's thank yep. you. Yep. What I do think is interesting is looking at a map. I don't think it's got anything to do with it, but like, like a five minute drive from there, that area, there's a place called Bell End. And then another direction, five minutes. There's another place called Bell Broughton. Hmm. More Bell. I don't know if that's got anything to do with it. Probably not. But interesting. I don't. I don't know what the name Bell or Bella or what was the other one. It said um, Bell End. No, the the like the uh, first name though. Lou Bell. Lou Bella. L U E B B E L L A. That was the first graffiti thing. Was who put Lou Bella down the witch elm? That later changed to who put Bella in the witch elm? Hmm. But yeah, that's. It's, I think it's kind of it's creepy. I mean, hand cut off, stuffed in a tree, and then all this graffiti starts popping up. And she was gagged, too. Forgot about yeah. that.
0: To me, it seems like murder for sure. Oh, like, yeah. I don't think she just put herself in a tree or happened oh. upon falling into a tree hmm. as an accident. But whether it was Satanism, I mean, this was private property. Yeah. Like who owns the property? Did it doesn't it say,
1: say. that like, I don't know if that property owner, I'm sure they were questioned, but it doesn't yeah. mention it in any way. So maybe it just wasn't significant at all.
0: Hmm. I don't know. I'm wondering like, how the word got out about her being a German spy, like... I mean, this was during wartime, so I don't
1: know. Everyone was probably on edge. High alert. Yeah. Let's see. Hagley Woods.
0: It's a large area, actually. I mean, Satanism was common in the area. There were other things going on with witchcraft and Satanism there, so... I mean, that's one solid fact that would lead me to believe it's like you said a ritualistic killing but Uh who knows like why would the government try and pawn it off on like if they found her why would they make her body discoverable and try and pawn it off on satanists you know why wouldn't they just get rid of it completely
1: i don't know people someone just disappeared maybe that's more suspicious of government if you see someone like, Oh yeah, that looks like a witchcraft kind of execution, then you don't even think government. But if someone just goes missing, like, that's the government, they took her.
0: True. Yeah. I don't know. True. Hmm. What's your thought? Government or Satanism?
1: It sounds Satanism to me.
0: No? Oh it does sound? It does, yeah. yeah.
1: That's that's I'm going hundred percent and that was a cult kind of either she was a witch or they were using her for witchcraft
0: reasons. Yeah. They probably did the whole Monty Python thing where they, like, put her on a scale with a duck. The duck, yeah. And, uh, what was it? They're lighter than the duck. Are they a witch? Yeah. Isn't that what it is? Yeah. Yeah,
1: because because witches are made of wood, and wood floats, and ducks also
0: float. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I think it was Satanism, too. The reason why they would pick on this woman, I have no idea. Um... Maybe it was that terrible face that we saw in the reconstruction and they're just like, we got to get rid of that. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was kind of, uh, unsightly. Yeah. I mean I to know. be rude, but, but how can they tell like what your face looks like? Like your eyeballs, like, cause that like your eyes and your smile, I feel like are two of the biggest things for your like appearance. How can you yeah. tell like how someone's smile like, well, like, like how their mouth is like shaped, your nose or... is
1: a big part of it too. And a lot, your nose is like full
0: on cartilage, cartilage and yeah. that
1: goes away after de- decomposing. So how can you tell big the frickin' nose is after that?
0: Right. I don't know. I find a lot of that stuff fairly unreliable. But then again, uh, my advanced knowledge is not in forensics. So
1: I mean, like I saw, like I got like ads in the mail all the time. You know, and at the bottom of the ad, there's the "Have you seen me missing children?" thing. Mm-hmm. And it always makes you sad to look at it, but I was just looking at it, and th- there was one. It was, like, this two-year-old was last seen in 1986. I was like, you're still looking for them, like, actively? I'm like, jeez, you got, like, the iron will if... Anyway, but there was a... So there was a picture next to it, like it was a two-year-old picture, like as, as a two-year-old. Mm-hmm. And then there was one like, this is what he might look like today. I'm like, there's no
0: way you could know what he looks like 35 years later. Right. Well, everyone ages differently, like your diet, your environment, and like your level of activity, your health, things like that are going to have a, like a, a say on your physical appearance. So who knows, maybe that person weighs 500 pounds now how are you gonna tell on that picture like you know i don't know i I mean it's better than nothing like it's better than nothing but i don't know like everyone is so biologically different and probably ages differently that it's hard for me to trust that but yeah you never know how accurate it is so
1: That's about it. I mean, it's not a it's not a big story. There's not much behind
0: it, but it's still interesting, nonetheless, in yeah. my mind. The graffiti is weird to me because it's like somebody knew about that. Like somebody yeah. knew something about it. And... Yeah, um, that's... Uh, dude, I would be creeped out if I saw that because at the time, like, this murder happened. Like this person disappeared 18 months ago. You find it and it's like, oh, we found this skeleton. Like... This happened a long time ago, so it's nothing too recent. So I'm sure at the time it was like a surprise, but the public probably wasn't worried about it anymore. I mean, if you go 18 months, like this person was missing for 18 months. Right. And
1: nobody said a dang thing.
0: Right. So I'm sure that at the time, and at the time, who knows if they had an idea, you know, the general public had the idea of like, oh this skeleton's there this only happened a year and a half ago or this happened 50 years ago or how old is this thing you know mm-hmm. but I, I don't imagine that there was too much concern at the time with them finding a like a very aged skeleton but then when you see this thing coming out about it six months later it's like oh crap like this is happening again like this person's still here in the public, like what's going on, you know? Yeah, I don't know. So, and then this other guy ends up dead two years later, pitchforked to a mountain. Like, jeez, <laughs> that's brutal, man. And common Satanism, like I'm sure that time was freaky there. So,
1: and and on a lot of articles I read said that, like, the amount of missing people in this area at this time was just astronomical. So,
0: yeah, well, wartime too. Yeah. You know, who knows if they were...
1: Harder to track people, too.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: They didn't have no GPSs in their pockets back in 1943.
0: Maybe they did, though.
1: Maybe. Maybe.
0: Well, interesting story, nonetheless. Uh, If you guys have any other true crime or scary or paranormal or just downright interesting stories you want us to cover, you just let us know. You let us know. Hit us up on that social media That social med. That's to stick on. Social Social And what are our handles again? Real Tangent Pod it, and Podcast Tangent. So, Real Tangent Pod is Instagram, at Podcast Tangent is Twitter, and Tangent Podcast on Facebook. Email is tangentpodcast at Outlook.com. Or you can send us a nice letter. No. You probably you can't. won't open it because no one sends letters anymore. And it's creepy.
1: It is a little weird. If you get a letter in the mail, like a handwritten letter on it, it's probably a threat.
0: (laughs) You better just throw it out. We have your child. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, hit us up. uh, Let us know if you have any more details on these cases we've shared. And we love you guys.
1: Stop it. That's disgusting. You're gross. I would never do that.
0: You gave four kisses to my one.
1: But they were very small.
0: I wasn't Frenchin' over there. Frenchin'. <laughs> my tongue was behind my teeth, my friend. There was no Frenchin' going on oh, over here. I could see it from here. Anyway,
1: thanks for listening. Um, we do appreciate and love y'all. Um, that's, what you look- that's all, folks. <laughs> what? You're looking at me weird, and I don't like it. I'm looking at you how I always look at you. I don't like it. (laughs) Uh, Thank you for listening, and stay safe out there. Enjoy life. Don't get the Rona. Don't get it.